Digital Stage and Woolmouth Espions present Upstaged, a series of stories set around the opening night of an Andram play. Chapter 1. Stage Fright. John and Sarah are at the side of the stage waiting for the performance to start and for them to go on stage. They are nervous and excited, but for different reasons. Fifteen minutes to curtain up. Great. Shit. What's up, John? Oh, I, I feel very sick. Sick sick or nervous sick? I don't know. I just feel nauseous. This is your first time on stage in front of an audience, isn't it? Um, yes. Well, maybe. It's just stage fright. First time I was on, I was bricking it. So what did you do? Well, you just get on with it. I panicked before going on stage in 39 steps, but as soon as I was on, the panic and the nerves, they disappeared. Really? It's different for everyone, but you've been building to this for the past three or four months. You are ready. The dress rehearsal was good. Why nerves now? Well, there's a reason. What? Well, it's about seven years ago when I first tried this lark. And I was getting on a bit even then. I got into this really good drama group and I got cast for a small part in a play. It was 12 Angry Men. I was well confident going into the production and on the performance day, I had no nerves, no nothing. Just got up that day, confident as hell. Got ready, went out on stage when it was my cue. And? I got out on stage after being introduced as the 12th juror and just looked at the audience and, and froze. Ten minutes to curtain up. Oh, God. Don't think about that. Carry on talking. Well, I got, got on stage and I looked at the audience and I froze. Solid. Was ready with my line, but my mouth wouldn't move. Couldn't say the words. The prompter in the wings was telling me the lines, but it felt like I wasn't there. That he wasn't talking to me and I couldn't talk. At all. Nothing. Nada. All the other actors looked around wondering what the hell was going on. And I just stared at nothing. I was just... frozen. Then what happened? Oh, the main actor came over to me and talked effectively what my line was, trying to recover it, then dragged me limply to my chair in the scene. I kind of woke up, but every time I had to say something, and I didn't have that many lines, they covered up for me. They were good at improvising. Not quite as scripted, of course, but they managed to get away with it. At the end of the first half, I was shuffled off and given somewhat of a dressing down by the director. He was trying to be calm, but wanted to know if I could do the next half. I said, I don't know. So he told the other cast members to do as they did in the first half. I could sit there numb, or as the director said, dumb, and they would act around me. Wow. And did you do that on the next performances? Not exactly. The director asked me at the end what the problem was. I could talk then, of course. Although I couldn't explain why it happened, it just did. He lost patience with me and said to go home, and if I thought I could do it the next night, to come back. But no further chances. Hmm, that probably added a little pressure. Yes, I think it did. I rang the director the next day, as I didn't sleep at all that night, and said I didn't think I could do it. He said, fine, he'd get someone else. And he did. At least with this play, they could have papers of sorts lying around, with pieces of evidence and the like. So he got another group member to do it. In fact, it was the guy on props. 
who pretty much knew the dialogue anyway. He was thrilled to get the opportunity. So what did you do after that? All right, everybody, five minutes to curtain up. Oh, dear, it's going to happen again, isn't it? That's up to you. Go on. I never really got over it. I didn't do another drama for almost seven years, like till today. And did you not think to mention any of this to our director, Roland, at any point during our rehearsal process? Um, no. Oh, John, so the director thinks you're a beginner. Did you not think it would be good to say something? Anything? I really thought that after seven years I was ready to go again, to do this. Up until this morning, I thought I could do it. But it all came flooding back as I got to the theatre today. I can hear the audience coming in and getting ready. And I'm seriously having palpitations about going out there. What if I freeze again? So you told no one else this? Well, I did have a word with Frank Rogers. I thought him best to talk to, as he tells us he's the most gifted actor here. He says that, but no one buys it except him. And obviously you. What did he suggest? Well, he just told me to get on with it or get out. Any actor worth their salt should have no problem. Made me afraid to mention it again. Oh, John, that arrogant tosser was the last person you should have talked to. He said don't bother Roland with it as well, as he'd replace me. Jeez, the cheek of some people. Not what you'd call supportive. So he's not right? No. Let me lend you Michael Caine's biography. Really good book. Before he was really famous, he did some acting on stage... And he threw up before each performance. What? The Michael Caine? Yes. Even he had nerves. And look where he got to. Hmm. But he's a star. He wasn't then. Oh, I don't know. You're not on first, so you have a few more minutes to prepare. I need to get it over with. What can I do? What do I do? I'll tell the director now that I can't do it. Save embarrassing everybody on stage, doesn't it? John... You idiot, that's the last thing Roland wants to hear, just before the first performance. You have no choice now. You should have done it at the first rehearsal, and we could all have worked with you. He won't want to hear about this now, will he? I'm sorry, Sarah. I've been trying to forget the last time, for seven years. Thought I had. Looks like I failed. Oh, what a failure I am. So what was the real problem? Why was having an audience so bad? Because I could see them. I felt all their eyes on me. So much expectation. Not of you, John. Well, yes, of you. But of the part you play. They're not looking at John. They're looking at your character today, Jed Collins. But I feel their eyes are on me. I guess the old presenter trick of pretending they're in their underwear or focusing on one person pretending they are naked doesn't help. No. I feel their eyes. I can see into their minds. They expect so much. I say, quiet you two, the action's starting. Jeez, I'm going. No, you are not. What am I going to do? I don't know. Let me think. It's getting close. I'm on first. Watch me. And when you get out, don't look at the audience. Try and look at me. But you'll be behind me. I can't turn my back to the audience. Basic stage sin. Good. At least you know the basics. Um... Oh, I've got to get out of here. No, you can't. If you fail this time, that's it. Oh, sorry, you don't need that pressure either. No, you're right. But I need to get out. I need to escape. I shouldn't have tried again. It's just when their eyes are on me. Hang on, though. 
We did that dress rehearsal last night and five or six people were in the seats. Did they not have that effect on you? Um. well, actually, no. Why not? I don't know. There must be something, surely. Come on, John, think. I couldn't see their eyes. What? I couldn't see their eyes last night. Why not? I guess they weren't in the first few rows. No, they were four or five rows back, checking voice projection and stuff. So you managed with those because you couldn't see their eyes and feel their expectations. Um, I guess. I have an idea. What? You better hurry because you're on in a minute. You know your lines, right? Yes, but... Wear these. What? Glasses? Why? Just do it. But I can't see. You'll see well enough to go out and deliver some lines. Ah. Shit, my cue. Gotta go. Please, John, don't mess this up. Okay. Uh, Good luck. Good luck to you, John. Oh, God. Can it really work? Can a pair of cheap reading glasses really stop my panic? Come on, John, come on. Pull yourself together. It can't be any worse than last time, can it? You can do this, John, you can do this. Another thing, John. Stop talking to yourself, you daft sod. Right, okay. Still talking. Well, that's good, I guess, as time is passing. Right, I'm on in a minute. Um, What's my first line? Uh, As I was saying, Mike. As I was saying, Mike. That's it. Right. Calm down. Calm down. Here goes. As I was saying, Mike, I really need you to let me do this. I did it! I did it! You did it! No, Sarah. You did it. You saved me. I looked out when I got on stage and the whole thing was a blur. It was perfect. I said my lines and no one reacted. No one said it was bad or wrong or anything. And I couldn't see their eyes. I couldn't feel their expectations. Then the scene finished and we came off. And I felt I was right to be there. Not a fraud, not afraid. Although, as I took those glasses off, Roland, the director, gave me a funny look and said, If you wanted to change the look of the character using those glasses, I wish you'd mentioned it before. I just smiled and said, sorry. And he said, no, I like it, it works. But Sarah... You are amazing. You made all this possible. Thank you. Will you need the glasses for the second half? Uh, Well, if you don't mind, can I hang on to them? Just in case. You have been listening to Upstage Chapter 1, Stage Fright, a production of Digital Stage and Woolmouth Thespians. This featured Karen McQuarrie as Sarah, Andy Harris as John, and Joe Thomas as Simon, the stage manager. Upstage 1, Stage Fright, was written by Andy Harris. The audio performance was directed, edited, and produced by Andy Harris. The music used was Fretless, written by Kevin McLeod and licensed through the website incompetech.filmmusic.io using Creative Commons with attribution license. Listen to more of our audio performance at digital-stage.co.uk Thank you for listening.